Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, we are uh, allegedly going to be joined by Ron at some point in the the indiscriminate future here this morning. Uh, yeah, this is in- new. Normally he's on with yeah. us and then Irish goodbyes like 20 minutes into an episode. I wonder if, like, right. is there such a thing as an Irish hello or is it fashionably late? Like, what's the what's the equivalent to the Irish goodbye? I don't know. I, I, I got to tip the cap to him, though, because... You know, he's found a new way to sort of nibble away at the margins here as as we we inch toward closing the show. Um, you know, maybe maybe we'll we'll show up late and leave early. Who knows? Yeah, it um, dawned on me this may be our last recorded episode pre-live event cuz uh if we record next week, that would release kind of in conflict with the live show episode. So this may be yeah. our and Dude, and so in wild. that case, even more of a hat tip to Ronnie for yeah. managing to show up late. Granted, we didn't yeah. tell him it was the last one. I don't think it would have made any difference. <laughs> no, um, it wouldn't have. Yeah, to yeah. Uh, you know to 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 find a new way. Yeah. To dip out on the yeah. final recorded episode of the Happy Rant. Yeah, on brand till the very end. Um, Ronald J. Martin is, but pipe. We are closing the show in a couple of weeks in Indianapolis, September twenty four at Soma Church, seven p.m. Uh, where can they find tickets, Pipe? Last-minute ticket sales. Yes, last-minute ticket sales. If you go to thehappyrant.com, there is a tab there that says the live show. It has all the details on location, so the address, the time. It'll be at 7 p.m. on September 24th. Tickets are $35. Um, we will have swag there and you know, f- for, for attendees in terms of our books, and Ronnie will probably have some music, and Josh Byers with, uh, from Visual Theology will be there. We'll have a couple sponsors who are doing giveaways. Um but then mostly it will just be a night of good fun with us recording some episodes, us interacting with listeners, uh, perfectly willing to hang out uh, until all hours because we appreciate our listeners so much. And, you know, we would, in all seriousness, we wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for people who continued to to tune in and listen and tell us, you know, give us ideas like the topic we're going to have today and, uh, and and make this all worth it. So. Um, yeah, so thehappyrant.com, hit the live show. We still have tickets available, and uh, it should be an awesome time. Dude, 100%. These are, these are my favorite times on the podcast. You know, the live shows have been highlights over the years. I look forward to them every year. So fun to interact with, with people in the audience. And uh, this is the, the last hurrah. So get your tickets and come join us. And you can check us out on some other podcasts after we close this show down. Uh, I am on a show called Cluck every week creatively named uh with a guy named josh loftus so we uh we drop every wednesday uh you can find pipe on his church podcast and you can find ronnie i don't know like cleaning at jared c wilson's pool or living living in his pool house or uh whatever they're doing together they got yeah the uh, the art of the art of for the church or whatever they're calling it uh I guess there's a difference between the art of pastoring and for the church. I don't know what it is, but um, they're they're scheming and dreaming another iteration of a pastor's podcast. Dream dreaming it up as as the two of those boys do. Uh, Pipe, we have a fun topic after the break. We're going to do a high school memories episode, and we'll get to that after this quick break. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, Pipe, we're back. Uh, somebody online was interacting with somebody else online doing some high school memories uh, and a, one of the listeners shouted us out, said we needed to do this on the program, uh, in true happy rant fashion. And this is thematic too, pipe, given our, our history over the past decade, we have done zero show prep. Uh, we learned of this topic idea like four minutes ago. So, uh, we're going to do some high school memories off the cuff. Oh, and uh, yeah. And to, and to complete the, like, we, we haven't changed a bit in 10 years, uh, Ronnie's Twitter account was the one that stirred this up. So this was Ronnie's inspiration for a show that he is not on yet that we discovered, you know, once we jumped on this call. So nothing about this uh, has changed. We have not done any more prep. We are just as sort of winging it as we ever have been. So, you know, way to finish strong us. Absolutely. So it would probably be helpful here, Pipe, for the two of us and then Ron at whatever point he shows up to like just tell the listeners what types of high schools we attended, like what kind of context we were in in high school. And then we can, um, you know, we can kind of drop some categories and, and do some memory making along those lines. So what kind of school did you go to? Um, I went to three different high schools. So okay. um, middle school and then freshman year of high school, I was at a, a small Christian school in, in the Minneapolis suburbs. Um, up to that point, my parents were reluctant to send me to public school. Um, I don't think it was so much because of moral corruption. They weren't, Mm -hmm. they weren't uber afraid of things as much as they just looked around and thought the education stunk. Uh, They're probably right. Um, so, uh, small, when I say small, I mean, high school was probably middle school and high school total was probably 125, 150 students. So, uh, not big. Um, and then uh, sophomore year, I hated that Christian school experience with okay. all of my might. Uh, my parents still weren't willing to send me to public school, so we compromised and I homeschooled for a year, which okay. basically meant I read books and didn't learn any math. Dude, um, this is fascinating. Like I didn't yeah. know all this about you. And, and if you don't mind, I've got a I've got a couple of follow up questions. Yeah. Um, and then and then so, so, uh, junior senior year, I was at the local public school. I talked my parents into it. That was the one stretch of high school that i truly enjoyed and what was the name of this public school that you minneapolis south so minneapolis south dude yeah south high that man south high that's so classic um tremendous what was your mascot what was the south high what south high tigers south dude again classic um black and orange color scheme or black? black and orange very so our football uniforms were um 
were were like Clemson ish, but okay. but black and orange and no purple. So the same oh, like dude, the paw sick. on the side of the helmet, yeah. black helmets, orange paw. Dude, I love uh, the paw. We thing. had the paw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love the paw. What was your number? Uh, Eighty one. Eighty one, dude. Good number. Yeah. So because um, I was a I was a tight end and defensive end, and yeah. uh, and Carl Eller, all time yep. Vikings great, wore eighty one as defensive end, and it was a oh, number that also classic. worked at tight end. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so I just I went with that. Who had eighty one in the league back then? Like I'm trying to think in in the like the late nineties, um, early two thousands, who would have had eighty one? N- not a lot of people. Was Jason Witten eighty uh, one? He was eighty two. Eighty two. That's right. Yeah, there was it was there was a lot of like white possession receivers, you know, like yeah, Chris yeah. Chris Walsh Chris for Walsh, the Vikings. Dude. Oh, shout out all Chris time, Walsh! All time special teams, great. And all time. Ronnie Ronnie has wondered if he's jumped into the Happy Rant Sports podcast. Yeah, uh, not really wondering. Yeah, not big really fan. Wondering. He's a he's a big fan of it and a big yeah. fan of this podcast. Listens all the time. Um, Ron, we're talking about high school. I'm kind of interviewing Pipe about his high school experiences. And Pipe, I wanna I wanna harken back to something that you touched on why didn't you like the christian high school the small christian high school um so it, it, a variety of reasons one i was middle school and freshman year which means there was zero percent chance i was going to like any school yeah, um, that's true. or any aspect of life actually middle school is terrible um yeah also i so i grew up I grew up in the city uh, near downtown Minneapolis, mm-hmm. pretty you know diverse neighborhood, urban environment, mm-hmm. and would drive 25, 30 minutes to this school out in the suburbs. Yeah. And you know, like I was, a, we were a middle class white family, so it wasn't as if you know I walked in and anybody looked at me and thought I was different. But yeah. I felt like where where I was at home felt very different than the sure. the more affluent um, upper crust school. You know, I'd go to like some birthday parties and these massive subdivision McMansion kinds of houses and stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. and I just, yeah, I just sort of generally felt like an outsider. Um, middle school kids are the worst. And so like, I'm sure a lot of these kids, I've been kept up with most of them have grown up to be like really nice, decent people. Uh, I did, that was not my experience in that school, in middle school. Yeah. The, the handful of friends I had were sort of the nerdy outcast kids. Yeah. Um, it, you know, at least again, middle school perception. I played, I played baseball. The school didn't have a football team. So I played like city league football yeah. um, and playing sports kind of put me in a position where I was, I kind of maintained a normalcy, but yes. yeah, it was just generally a, I, I didn't connect with the kids. None of them intersected with my life in any way. Yeah. Um, I didn't, you know, it, there was, it, the teachers were great. I think the education mm-hmm. was good and that doesn't matter at all when you're 13 years old. So <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I just, it was all of that. And then, then there was also just the aspect of Christian school hypocrisy is its own special thing. You know, oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. We so do a when, brisk business in yeah, that here, um, here I, in the, uh, I think West Ronnie Tennessee went to, area. Ronnie went to a, a smaller kind of conservative Christian school for at least some of his stretch from some of his stories. So he probably has thoughts on that as well. But, um, when I transitioned to the public school as a junior, my first day in school, something came up in one of our classes about Christianity. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I was vocal in yeah. in my beliefs and we walked out and a kid walked up next to me and just said you gd effing christian and just walked <laughs> away <laughs> and i was like i love this oh my place gosh. yeah i yeah, love this exactly. place so I'm much because <laughs> i know exactly where everybody stands yeah uh you know 
you might take shots, but like, there's no phoniness. It's yes. just, yeah. I hate you. I hate you for what you believe. Perfect. Yes. Now we understand each other. That's really funny, dude. And really fascinating. And you mentioned something before, just the, the feeling of like being around people with money for the first time and like seeing the inside of like a McMansion. I had that experience at Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, I went home for like a, like fall break with a, a friend from the football team who lived in Wheaton. And like, I went inside his house and I was like, does your dad like run a small country? Like, is he the king of something? This is amazing. I'd never seen anything like that in my life before. And you're um, like, no, he, he's like, no, we're actually one of the poor Wheaton families. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, uh, it was remarkable. So Ron, I'm, I'm kind of just doing a rundown of, I've asked Piper like what his high school context was. I thought it would be helpful yeah. for the listeners yeah. to know kind of what kind of context we went to high school in. So uh, let's get yours, and then we'll get mine, and then we'll take a break. Um, so what what was your high school like setting or situation? Yeah, so high school for me, that would be my, my, my fifth Christian school that I had been in up to that wow. point in my journey. Yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. So, so I went from I went from a selection of large Christian schools to tiny Christian schools to medium sized. My high school is kind of an upstart, so it was kind of like okay. a a small to medium one that had just started. I think a couple of years before I got there, which is what happens to a lot of them is they start with elementary, then they move to junior high, and then they grad. They finally get to high school, and I think yes. I think I was the first year that they had started the high school, so there was like two of us there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was a graduating class of like four. My yeah. freshman class was, we had like, you know, 21 people in it kind of a thing. Uh-huh. And um, so it was, it was tiny. It was attached to a Pentecostal church. Oh, and wow. um, dude, there was, there, dude, there was a lot, there was a lot of zaniness. It's not uh-huh. saying anything against Pentecostals, but, the, but <laughs> this type of Pentecostalism that it yeah. was attached to was very expressive. I'll just say oh, that. Man. And um, so our chapels were quite dynamic. Yeah, and um, so there there was a lot. I mean, there uh-huh. was a lot, a lot. But again, we had just moved to a new town. Um, this was back in the era. This was really pre homeschool era, being you know yes. kind of like the, yeah. the norm. Yeah. There were not a lot of Christian schools to choose from, so this was uh-huh. like the only one that offered a high school within yeah. a with, in a pretty large city. Yeah, and so my parents being committed to that kind of education, this was the only shot. So, you know, whatever the theological things were there that they didn't agree with, and there were a few, it was like, well, it's, it was, it's the only game in town, so yeah, we got to do yeah. it, you know? Dude, that's and, fascinating. And, uh, yeah, so it was, um, it was a, just a really, it was a super, out of all the Christian schools I went to, um, it, I, they were all strange in their own way. This one was, this one was peak strange, for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, it sounds peak strange. Did you, um, did you have a uniform? So no, this was, um, this was, no, this was no uniforms, but they had sort of a dress code, which was, you know, slightly enforced, slightly Uh not enforced. I mean, this was back in the day when really it was just for the women, just for the girls. So the dress code really was for them, not for us. Right. Because we're (laughs) fellows, right? What, what, how can we screw up the dress? How could we go wrong? Yeah. Right. Right. How how could we be immodest? Right. Right. Um, so, so it was more like that, you know, and they had like, it was back in the day when it was like, you know, uh, so this is the eighties. So long, you know, long, long hair could, could only be so long and boy, yeah. you know, boys could not have facial hair and, yeah. you know, until you got into high school and then you could have a neatly trimmed mustache. Uh, so yeah. check that out. 
Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Man, the, so the 80s like were that. nothing if not marked by neatly trimmed mustaches. Oh, what a time. But, what a um, time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a crazy time to be alive. And so, uh, so our school, I think our school had developed a little bit of the rep, which a lot of Christian schools did at the time, which was it was a bit of a reform school in the sense that kids that just did not do well at public high school, but their parents were a little more well off. They could send their kids to our school to kind of get them straightened out. You know, yes. it was kind of one of those deals. And so yeah. we had we had a lot of we had a lot of that going on at our school. And it just yeah. dude, it just made for some interesting environments. Well, really dude, back interesting then, environments. <laughs> yeah, it was you and I are old enough, baby, that like we we got everything in before the homeschool movement popped. So that wasn't even on that wasn't a glimmer in anybody's eye back then, at least where I was. And yeah, you had you had the occasional Christian school, but it, it was where like yeah, kids kids who are having trouble would go, you know. So it was a completely different context or framework than than what it is now. Um so for me well, and it was yeah, yeah, hold on ahead. one second on that because this yeah. this might help a little bit of your story. Sure, so sure. It, what was interesting about that was like just how um, polarizing mm. the student body was, right? Oh yeah, like in that way, like how yeah. different it was, like how eclectic it was. Because you'd have you'd have some of the kids that had gotten kicked out of the major public high schools, they would get sent to our school, yeah. and then you we also had like I think there were. I think we had three girls whose like um, parents were like on you know professional NFL teams, oh, major wow. league baseball teams. So th- then you, you know they're they're showing so cachiche. up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're showing up junior of high school. I'm not no exaggerating. You know, brand new BMWs that they got oh, for yeah. their birthdays. Yeah, and then so you. I mean, it was a range. I mean, yeah. it was a range of kids. Yeah, that's wild. So it's fascinating. That's, yeah, yeah. It, no, it is. It is fascinating, and it's such a small ecosystem. I have questions for both of you on that that we'll get to after the break. But my my context real quick, I was in a public high school. It was a county school, Blackford Blackford County High School. We were the Bruins pipe, so we had a big like a big bear uh nice. was 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 our mascot and we but we had the paw on the side of the helmet. We were red and black. Uh those were our colors, red helmets with a black paw which looked really sharp, dude. Just really really good. We had a we had an elite <laughs> high school uniform. Um, red jerseys, black pants looked really nice, but we were probably by today's standards, a small public high school. We had like 800 kids total. So like 200 in the graduating class. Um, and in retrospect, I loved it. Uh, I, I look back on those <clears throat> memories really fondly. You know, I, I, it kind of feels like when I would hear my parents doing like, misty eyed backward gazing about high school everything had this like for them this like 1960s patina on it but uh i now have those memories about our school the education probably wasn't very good um although i was complicit in that i wasn't very good at it so uh i definitely did my part to to make it mediocre um but but you know in kind of that magical public school way there were some truly exceptional teachers there. Yeah. Um, they were kind of in the minority, but they, there were some, and there were some that I, that I really liked and gravitated toward and enjoyed. Um, yeah. What else? It was kind of your tip, your typical rough and tumble blue collar town, drinking, fighting weed was just becoming a thing. Weed was not as ubiquitous as it is now, but you know, you had your like alcohol guys and your weed guys and, um, 
you know, it was it was a public high school. By guys, do you mean do you mean partakers of or dealers in? Both. <laughs> Both. Like fans. that's that's the guy you go to because his uncle will buy him a case of beer. That guy. That, oh, totally. That, okay, yeah, and, and people were like drinking in fields. You know what I mean? Or like <laughs> drinking in somebody's barn. I yeah, mean, you was, you yeah. were a country song. Oh yeah, dude, we were a country song. You know, we were very much a country song, and like we had these interesting like rivalries against other towns that were exactly like us, you know? So we're playing like Elwood or Alexandria or whatever. And, and like, we hate them, you know, we're riding the bus over there. But yes. then I remember this experience of like, I actually roomed in college and played football in college with a kid who was from one of the rival high schools. And, you know, it took like a half a day for us to realize we have everything in common. We actually really like each other because now we have all this in common compared to everybody else at Taylor. I don't know. We went from being like hated rivals to like, you know, best friends in, in a matter of a half a day. You know, it was really fascinating. It's like but, stepbrothers. Uh, yeah, it was, it was like stepbrothers. Exactly. I wish we'd gotten that portrait taken of, of each other, you know, for the dorm room. But um, yeah, I, I don't think there's much more to say about it. Um, I went to public, public school throughout. So grade school, middle school, high school. My mom made me be in the band because if you were in the band, you got put in class with like good kids, quote unquote, good kids. So she's like, here's a saxophone. I don't care if you play it, just sit there and hold it, but you're going to be in class with good kids. So that was, that was kind of the deal. And, uh, yeah, kind of a magical time, man, as I think back on it, uh, boys, we'll take a break. And on the other end of it, I want to ask you a specific question about high school persona stuff. We'll be back in two and two. All right, boys, we're back. Uh, Pipe, we'll start with you. We'll just go in order again. Like, I, th I think you'll get the gist of this question. Like, what kind of guy were you in high school? Like, what was your high school persona? And this can lead to storytelling or it can just kind of be indicative of what kind of, yeah. of, what kind of dude you were. Um, I was really different at school than I was in the rest of my life and not, okay. not in a, like, uh, not in like a hypocritical way. I don't think in terms of, you know, bad kid at school, good kid everywhere else, which is yeah. like, gr I was youth group and, and church was sort of the center of my social life. Yeah. And that was a, that was a big reason why I was, uh, I was different at school. Cause I just didn't care about the people there. Yeah. I didn't really want to be friends with anyone. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was friendly enough, but mm -hmm. I was, you know, I played sports, but I wasn't a jock, you know, it, also. Um, so when I was at the Christian school, there was like three families who were the jocks, you yeah. know, that's just how it works. Like there's like yeah. this, this pair of brothers, this other dude whose older brother is the math teacher and yeah. somebody else, you know, like that, those are the jocks. Everybody else is just, they they're just like good looking, rich white guys. They shoot threes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like. They play shortstop. Yeah. Well, and, and one of those sort of uniquely gifted families where there's two brothers who both, at, at, you know, they're three years apart and both of them end up leading the team to like it, the state quarterfinals in right, the right. tiny school. They lead the yeah. state in scoring, all this stuff. Yeah. So uh, now they're yeah. mega church pastors or CEOs of corporations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure they work in finance now. Um, yeah, yeah. 
and uh, I, you know, so I just existed in that world and just kind of tried to maintain a non-profile. Good student, yeah. not not the best student, yeah. um, that kind of thing. In the public school, because it was such an eclectic, diverse place, but like ethnically, socioeconomically, because South Minneapolis is this interesting mix of there's very wealthy neighborhoods kind of nearer to the lakes. And then yeah. there's really rough urban neighborhoods and both both of those feed into the school. Yeah. Meaning there were no, there was no cool kids there. Everybody oh, just sort yeah. of had their, had their crew. So really yeah. significant like drama and arts program and music program. And then uh, the sports teams that were good were like the soccer team, the baseball team, the hockey team, our football team was not good. Basketball team yeah. was solid. Um, and so I, again, I just sort of floated and was a non-entity there socially as well. Um, you know, got along fine with my teammates, but was never tight with them, never really hung out with them too much other than like the occasional like team function kind of thing. Yeah. My entire social life was through church friends. Um, and so I was in that crowd was like the gregarious, obnoxious, argumentative, like kind of. Yeah. My, the, the dominant personality came out at school. It didn't. I yeah. just. I, I the same way I am now, if I don't want to be somewhere, I just sort of sit there with my arms folded and wait for it to finish. And yeah. that's uh, that's fun. That's kind of how I went through four years of high school. That's fascinating how the personas can change based on the context. One quick follow up question. We'll, we'll ask around the same question. Do you have a girlfriend in high school? Um, n Kind of. But no, the, the short okay. answer is no. Yeah. Um, so there, there was a girl at church who I, you know, she and I mutually really liked each other, but like dating was not forbidden in mm. our culture, but very frowned upon. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, th you have to remember the I kiss dating goodbye revolution. Dude, that was hit you. Oh, was in full swing. And here's the that's thing. Like, so wild, dude. I thought that was utter trash from the moment I heard about it. And that sure. hasn't changed in the last 25 years. Yeah, um, right. You know, it, it remains as trashy as it ever was. Yeah. But the cultural influence was really strong. But the, I think the real, the real reality was just I kind of looked at it and I had in my mind, I was like, dating, this, you know, we're 17. Where's this going to go? Yeah. And... So there was a little bit of a lack of courage on my part. There was a little bit of cultural influence. And then there was a little bit of, I don't know, maybe what was common sense just to say, throwing myself into this, it's probably going to pull me away from friendships. It's probably yeah. going to cost me a lot of money and it's probably not going to go anywhere. Yeah. I watched my friends get real caught up in dating relationships and basically disappear from my life for six months at a time and then come back and talk about how miserable it was to break up. And I was like, that sounds dumb. I'm not sure I want to go through that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was it so it was one of those like a a long standing not quite girlfriend who I yeah. probably frustrated the mess out of because it was not quite. Yeah. Dude, that's fascinating that that the kiss dating goodbye thing hit you because it didn't for me and Ron and Oh, our our youth pastor at the time, I mean, and I got to be careful because if this is the one story I tell about him, people will think he was a clown. And in fact, <laughs> sure. wonderful Bible teacher, great friend, yeah, really good discipler, yeah. occasionally made dumb mistakes because he was like a 27-year-old youth pastor or whatever he was at the time, 25. Yeah, He decided to do a dating series based on that on like Wednesday nights. Yeah, and I just tough. skipped church for like two months. <laughs> Which is not a thing that I ever did. And the thing is, yeah. I think my parents knew I was skipping and didn't yeah. care. 
Yeah, they uh, probably knew why too. Yeah, if we were going through First Corinthians and I skipped, they would have like grounded me from life. Yeah, but they're like that stuff probably you know don't worry about it. So it just yeah. and the thing is there was a whole bunch of us who were upperclassmen at that point who were just like we're not doing this. So basically all of that got taught to like the the thirteen year olds while all yeah. the seventeen year olds were like uh, we're gonna go hang out at a coffee shop. <laughs> we're, we're not doing this garbage. Interesting, Ron. What kind of guy were you persona wise in high school? What did it look like? Oh, dude. Um, you know, I was pretty distant with all mm-hmm. the, with, you know, I, I felt like I didn't have much in common with, uh, you know, the six other high schoolers that I went to school with. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so my, I had one really close friend that kind of crossed over from my high school to my youth group. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I, gosh, I, it was strange. I started driving at an early age, like the mm-hmm. day I could get my license, my dad made sure I had my license and a car oh, yeah. because he was like, buddy, you're driving. That's and, just how um, it was done of, back then, you know? Well, part of it was like, you know, he he owned a trucking company, so I could make small deliveries for him okay. too. So yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, so I could, so I, I started making money really early on yeah. and driving, had a ton of freedom, mm-hmm. um, had a very, very, very the opposite of Piper, serious we're going to get married and have 20 kids relationship in, <laughs> uh, in junior and senior year. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was all of that. And, um, but my main thing was when I started high school, I was racing motorcycles and that was my life. And yeah. it, it was completely detached from anything going on at the high school. So I just sort of high school is like a job, man. I just checked in yeah. and checked out and did what I wanted to do. And yeah. then the last half, um, when that ended and then I got all into music stuff, it was kind of the same thing because yeah. I had a completely different, friends group that I was running with and they, and then, yeah. you know, kind of how it worked was I, I was, I had all my credits in by my senior year yeah. for graduation. So all I had to do was take, um, what they called, um, what would they call it? Just classes that you, what's Electives. the word? Like that you had, yeah. that you all know classes required. I had two required uh, classes. Yeah. So I just, I went to school for about an hour and a half every day in my senior year. And then I just huh. worked for my dad and worked on music the rest of the, the week, the rest of the days. So I was just making a lot. Yeah, I was just kind of yeah. making a you know a decent. I had a decent paycheck as a senior yeah. in high school, yeah. and I was buying equipment. I was working on music. So I, sure. it was like I wasn't there, and yes. which was fine with me because it was just it. <laughs> it was so it made no sense to me. It was foreign. Right. I had nothing. I felt like I had nothing in common with any of these people, and yeah. I was just buying my. I was just buying my time just to just to exit. You know, Dude, so, so it was, yeah. What's fascinating about that to me is that hearing you describe that experience you would have so much in common with like the college students that i teach today like mm. none of them had normal high school experiences mm. and they're, they're all yeah. piecemealing yeah. it they all clept out of like algebra 2 and you know when they were 11 and and you know like none of them sort of went to high school in the in the traditional sense of the word um what was yeah, my question? The, yeah. yeah, persona. Well, and the rules were yeah. the rules were so different. You know, I don't know why they were di- different, yeah. but I felt like the rules were so different. At these small Christian schools, were like, yeah. I mean, you know, ha- you know, we didn't even have half the classes that you had. Dude, to it take probably wasn't even accredited. You know what I mean? I, it, I mean it probably it was, wasn't. It, yeah. So I don't even know. If, I don't even know if my you know my diploma counts, right? But yeah, some like, associate pastor like threw it together, and yeah, who knows, man? Yeah, um, basically. So it was so it was so loose, and it yeah. was like. They didn't even, you know, you know, I don't know if this was uh, Pipe's experience, but like, like we didn't even have this thing where we were required to read like classic books because those would have all been banned. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, just th- things like things like that, right? Because they were too provocative or whatever, you know. Yeah. And um, so it's like all this. So when you compare my life with my with Big M's public high school life, she basically yeah. looks at me and she goes, "You basically didn't work for four years and somehow you graduated." I said, "Kinda." You know, I mean, I mean it, in a weird way, though, that's that's kind of what public school was like. If you were at, if you were at sort of a a lower end public school. Like I just remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, I never brought a book home. I didn't do anything, <laughs> you know, like I, I, my, my, it was a running joke in my family. My, my parents were like, we haven't seen a textbook of yours in four years. Like they like, didn't give you, you homework too. There was no I homework. I mean, they, they did. That's I would what the get other class periods were for. That's it. I, so I was really committed to like, so th- this is part of my high school persona. In my mind's eye, I was like, they get me for seven hours. But then the minute I walk out of that place, the time is mine. So I was like, I'm not doing any of their stuff in my like non-school life. So my philosophy was, if I can't get it done at school, it's not getting done. Um, so I would just do it. I would do it in the margins. I'd do it in other classes. I always had a study hall, which was a thing that nobody has anymore, where you just kind of walk around and yeah, goof off do homework yeah that. like walk down to the vending machines see who you can chat up vending machines um, wow yeah dude, it, it was a bit of a deal man black i don't think, High I don't think we 90s. had drinking fountains at our school so dude, wow. we had a lounge the lounge consisted of like two sofas that were adjacent to the vending machines it was a it was a real decadent time but uh but yeah never brought a book home somehow graduated you know somehow made it into a bunch of colleges still but yeah, my persona was, and it's interesting, similar to yours, Pipe. There were there was like church church stuff. I always dated people from like other towns. So like I had a girlfriend. She was from a different high school. Um, my best friend actually went to a different high school. Uh, he was a guy that I met through church, and um, yeah, we were we were thick as thieves. Did everything together. He was sort of like. It, it, in a cursory way, my my foil in the sense that, you know, at, at first glance, I was the big meathead bro jock. You know, I had the buzz cut and the too tight T-shirt, like subtext, I lift weights, um, Letterman's jacket, like that whole thing. But I think at my school, I was just like, hopefully a nice guy who was kind of a friend to all. I didn't have really one crowd that I ran in in high school, but I would I would kind of sometimes eat lunch with the jocks and sometimes eat lunch with like the, the theater kids. Cause I thought they were interesting and, you know, I just kind of filtered, <clears throat> filtered around. And, um, I, I would say classroom wise, I was funny, but sort of in a low key way. I wasn't like the guy saying the jokes out loud, but I was whispering the jokes to you in the back row. You know, uh, I was that guy at school and I was kind of that guy at youth group too, to be honest. Um, so me and this, this, best friend this guy russell we would we would just kind of sit in the back and make the jokes um what else man went to prom went to prom my junior year i went to this other girl's prom and they had prom, after tell prom. us what that's like man we only had banquets at ours yeah dude prom was prom was wild <laughs> it's it's so like it's funny in talking about 90s public high school it sounds like stuff you've seen in a movie you know so if you've seen a john hughes movie about high school that was basically my deal. Like we had, we had lockers and we had, you know, teachers like ripping ciggies out on the loading dock in the back and like guys smoking in the boys room to quote, 
you know, music. I mean, it, it was it was very like John Hughes movie ish, but prom was that way too, in the sense that you know you would you would go have a quote unquote nice dinner somewhere, um, which in in it was like TGI you know, Fridays or something. Yeah, in retrospect, it was like TGI Fridays and a bunch of derpy you, high school kids. You were like an episode of Friday Night Lights. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, it was, or the it nice was restaurant like in town is their equivalent to TGI Fridays or Ruby Tuesday or whatever it is. Dude, totally, and you feel and you feel like a real stud because you're like going to a sit down place, you know. So you go to a sit down place, you're with like your best friend and his date, and then we went to prom, and it was a bunch of you know kind of awkward people, and like the super outgoing people would fast dance, and then the rest of us would just slow dance, and then. In a public school context, they always had this thing called after prom. And after prom was like a lock-in at a YMCA so that you wouldn't go get hammered and, like, drive cars and stuff. So, like, we went to this lock-in at the YMCA, and you're, like, changing out of your tux, I don't know, in, like, a gym bathroom or whatever. And it was was real weird. But then, um, you know, you just put on normal clothes. And my memory of after prom was that me and Russell had just – we had just learned to dunk. We were both kind of on the taller end of the spectrum. And we were like juniors. We just learned to dunk. So instead of hanging around our dates, we just found like a, a practice gym that had volleyballs in it and like lobbed volleyballs to each other all night and dunked. So I came home with my hands all like mangled up from, <laughs> from after prom, but it was really wow. fun, man. Spent yeah. a lot of time, spent a lot of time with your date at the, uh, the old after yeah. prom. Needless to say that relationship didn't, didn't necessarily work out, but, um, but oh, no, that wasn't we had KK, a lot of fun. Huh? Interesting. No, that wasn't K- no, I didn't meet KK till college. That would that would come a few years later. But uh boys, I want to take the last break and then come back with another kind of specific question that'll lead to some storytelling. We'll be back in two and two. All right, we're back. Um I'm gonna put you on the spot, and you can take this however you want to take it. You could take it funny, you could take it serious. I just want like a, in true John Hughes fashion, I want like a coming of age moment from high school. So as you, as you look back at that time, do we have, (laughs) yeah, I know it's tough, but I had to provide some structure for this thing because in true happy rant fashion, we had done zero show prep and I'm just kind of, kind of winging it here. But pipe, can you think of like a coming of age moment? Um, yeah, two of them, very different kinds of experiences. Yeah. So uh, one of them is as a freshman in high school. So this is the small Christian school. Um, the it's it's sort of two aspects of uh, well, if you're listening with children right now, I would at your <laughs> discretion possibly use earmuffs. I'm not going to use any profane language, but the subject matter is a little PG-13. So here we yeah, go. There we go. Um, All right. Kind of two aspects of sex ed where oh, yeah so we we had I, i'm pretty sure this was freshman year might have been middle school but same school so it all just kind of ran together in my mind um our health teacher sent home a like a 20 page packet on like sexual anatomy reproductive organs all this stuff because he didn't want to teach it oh man yeah so he sent home a packet and basically said you need to go through this with your parents and have them sign it and return Excellent. it. Excellent. And so I bring oh, it home man. and like <laughs> I went through all 20 bleeping pages with my father. Oh. Which is He must have come on glued pipe. He pipe that is brutal. Unglued. 
Yeah. Well, they, like, n- nobody is more matter-of-fact as well as just comfortably publicly talking about sex than my dad. You know, he preaches yeah. about this stuff. You know, we used to have, oh, like, yeah. a bingo game in church where, like, anytime he used the phrase, like, illicit sex or something like that, we'd be like, check. That's outstanding. Drink. Um, yeah, and yeah. so it it uh, – he, he didn't seem phased by it at all. I, on the other yeah. hand, was mortified, and it's coming of age because there's there's actual sexual education going on, and then there's also the, like, I will never put my kids through this. Yeah. This is a traumatic, yeah. this is a formative, there's a lot of, so I come back to school, I turn the thing in, I'm talking to my friends about it, and I, I have a sense that they have not had the same experience I have. So I, I'm a little bit uh, reticent to share and I'm just like, man, how was that for you guys? And they're like, please, my parents just signed it and handed it back to me. We didn't even talk about it. Yeah. And I was like, that was a possibility? Like, not yeah. at the Piper house. No, John so- Piper is such a man of integrity. Like, he was going through every page of that thing, dude. He wasn't going to just sign it, which is totally what I would have right. Then, yeah. Then the flip side of the sex education was a copy of that packet makes it into the hands of the upperclassmen. You know, so Great. We, uh, we, go to base- <laughs> we go to baseball practice after yeah. school, you know, so there's everybody from like seventh graders to 12th graders on, you know, heading to practice. Cause we have to, we have to bus to a practice facility. Cause we, we met at a church of course, cause we're a tiny school and, yeah. uh, and that packet gets into the hands. And so then I'm getting the, the non Piper version of sex mm-hmm. ed from mm-hmm. 11th graders who claim to be experts at this thing. And I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're entirely virginal. Um, yes. and so, that was that was one very coming of age experience. That's incredible. Um, yeah, the, and and yeah, the the fun thing about that one is like the characters in that story are all doing like what you expect them to do in like delightful ways. That's really good. Oh yeah, I mean it 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 is a it's sort of the perfect paradigm for what would be like a sitcom. You know, just yeah, like the, there's a exactly. whole script in there for somebody to yeah, write. The sure. uh, the other one was was my first ever car crash. Oh, um, yeah. So I was a junior in high school and had driven to a friend's house in, in and it, it was starting to snow. And like I took my driver's test after we got 12 inches of snow. So like driving in snow wasn't a big deal um, for us uh, being in Minnesota. It's just that's half the year. And yeah. so but on the way back, I mean, it was borderline. It wasn't blizzard conditions, but it was really heavily snowing. The plows weren't keeping up. And I'm cruising down the freeway doing like 70. <laughs> just yeah. did, did not just learn to drive. Yeah. yeah, did not learn to drive weather conditions in, in weather conditions. And uh, I, you know, I hit the guardrail. I spin twice across like six lanes of traffic. Oh. So I see the, I oh. see the headlights of yeah. the semi truck behind me twice oh. as I spin past it. End up yeah. on the other guardrail. Uninjured you see your life flashing, yeah. You. But I, yeah, yeah. it was a very, it was a very short flash before my eyes. You know, being seventeen or whatever I was, <laughs> and then I get there and I'm just stuck. There's no cell phones, oh, and yeah. just That's right. yeah. so funny. And you yeah. know, so so I, I'm I'm too dumb to be frightened at that point. Uh-huh. I'm just sort of like, well, crap. What do I do now? And yeah. you basically just sit there, yeah. and wait for somebody to show up right. and help. Yeah, and you, I, I wasn't sure if I should keep the car running because I was like, "Is it going to blow up?" Uh, but if I turn it off, it's twenty-two degrees outside, so that seems not smart. And you know, all I've got is my letter jacket for warmth, and uh, and so I, I think I ended up turning it off out of safety, and then it wouldn't turn back on. And uh, finally, 
finally just some good-hearted person pulls up behind me and they they had a cell phone. They were one of like the six people in Minneapolis who had cell phones at that point. And <laughs> so I didn't know what to do, so I called my dad. Yeah. And then there's the experience. Dude, was of, he was he kind of pissed or was he cool about it? So perks of being fourth child, uh, mm-hmm. I was not the first car wrecked in our family. Um, yep. In fact, I was probably like the sixth. So yeah. uh, a couple of my brothers were were a bit aggressive with their driving. Uh, so he was he was not at all concerned. <clears throat> he wasn't panicky or mad. Yeah. But in my mind, I was going to get you know stapled to the door when I got home. <laughs> And so then he from home has to coordinate calling the tow truck yeah. who I rode back with. Like, no, my parents didn't come and get me. I just rode with the tow truck driver. My That's dad insane. met me at the mechanic. <laughs> That's um, so great, dude. That's so 90s. So, yeah. like, and so that, that one felt per- decidedly coming of age because of, there was a lot of lessons learned. Let's just put it that way. A, a yeah. big one being, like, my dad's not going to kill me if I do something dumb, which, yeah. you know, it took me until I was, like, 35 to realize that was actually true. Um, mm-hmm. But but that was kind of the first big instance of, oh, he's he's not he's not a, a person to fear in that way. Oh, that's, that's fascinating. Fun. Those are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, baby, do you have one dialed, or should I do mine? No, I'm good, man. I actually, I actually posted some funny things on a mm-hmm. on a social like last week about this, and these are yeah. these are two that are kind of tied together. But yeah, um, so again, weird weird Christian school, Pentecostal. Yeah. We had a we would get people like prophets that would come in. We had this one prophet <laughs> come in to speak at our chapel. Yeah. <laughs> this and, is great. Uh, Everybody Dude, I love, I love if you're if you're a prophet, your speaking gig is like a Christian high school with twelve people in it. Right? Like, yeah, yeah you're take not, it. It's on yeah, the circuit. He, you know. He hadn't quite hit the arena circuit yet, right? For yeah, prophecy. yeah, yeah. There um, were bigger profits. A lot of money, in, a lot of money in Christian high schools in the eighties. Yeah. I'm sure. Right. There probably was actually, but we all had to stand. <laughs> get this, guys. We all had to stand in line, and we would walk up on the stage. He would put his hand on our head, and then he would kind of like you know he would kind of you know prophesy over us. Yeah. So my prophecy, and I was the only one that got this. Was that uh-huh. Ronnie? Someday you are going to be an, and I quote, wildly successful. You can imagine <laughs> the the disappointment. You can yeah, imagine yeah. Me, even today, still waiting, still for waiting for it, baby, still waiting still, for still it, still waiting for that yeah. for the prophets. Obviously, a false prophet, you know, dude. So um, I have a, I have a question on that, if you don't mind. Is he is he saying all these out loud? Like, can the whole room the hear? Oh, the whole the whole thing. Yeah, it was the entire so, school was there. Yeah. <laughs> so there could there could ostensibly be another guy coming up. And he might put his his hand on that guy's head and say, you know, your your life is going to be wildly mediocre. You know, you're you're it's going to be very beige. You, you will you know? be destitute at twenty eight. Your I wife mean, is you going know, to be decent looking. You know, like you just can't make this stuff up. Which is why no no no, no. Yeah. everybody's everybody's prophecy was positive, but for sure. some reason. Cause, so this is what happened. So I mm. remember getting to the back. You gotta you guys got to appreciate this, man. I'm standing yeah. in the back. And the rest of my friends were after me and they, mm-hmm. they came up and one of them walked up and he kicked the wall and he said, well, you're lucky. Oh, that's <laughs> outstanding. What was his? I have no clue. I mean, it was just generic <laughs> stuff, but for some reason I got the, you know, wildly successful, which again, when you're 16, it's like, that means a lot of money, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. um, and it then, still so, does baby. Yeah. <laughs> even and, more uh, so when you're, yeah, even more yeah. so when you're 40 plus. Yes. So the other thing, the other thing that to kind of go with that was, um, so I don't know why, I don't know how it worked this way in Christian school, but so the first half of my 
high school career, I was a really good student and I, I got all A's. I was just one of those guys. Yeah. I never had to try very hard. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but I kind of checked out my last couple of years like a lot of people do. I was just bored. Sure. I didn't care anymore. Yeah. So um, when it came time to who was class valedictorian, I mean, there were dudes that were so much smarter than me that already gotten their scholarships to go to these colleges. <laughs> and I was just kind of floating. But I yeah. ended up getting class valedictorian. With wait for it, boys. You you want to know? You want to know what I had? My grade point average. Yeah, I, yeah. Lay it on us. I was able to do it with a three point four each of them. a boy. Add a boy. And the only reason why was because because they they judged it for how many years you had been at that high school. So it only counted. I was the only guy graduating that had been there all four years. So therefore, yeah. just by, by You're that the valedictorian. You know, Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. With a three point four, you know. Yeah, and it's one uh, of those classic. Great. I do not think that means what you think it means. Exactly, exactly. So I just kind of skated in there. I went up to the one brain scientist kid, and I was like, yeah. "Hey, his name was Ivan." I'm like, "Ivan, Ivan. I, I know, I know you should technically be valedictorian." I'm actually, I actually apologize to him. I said, "Dude, I'm kind of sorry because <laughs> I should not be uh, standing up there." Shout and out, he, Ivan. And, and he looked at me and he said, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> uh, dude, what, what a response by him. <laughs> That's there outstanding. I it. love it. I love it. That's really good. Um, yeah, I've got two as well. I've got a funny one and a and a, a more like I don't know meaningful one, I guess. But the the funny one was my freshman year. I think maybe I told this at a live show, but we had um, we had this thing in the fall called Sadie Hawkins, and it was a dance where the girl would ask the guy, and then you would like you know drive to Muncie and get matching t shirts at the mall, and then you'd go to this this dance and. Um, this girl asked me, she was a girl I kind of liked. She was a cheerleader. We had this kind of relationship where like, I would say a funny thing to her in class and kind of make her laugh, you know? And, um, and for a ninth grader, that was like a real exciting moment. And, um, so she asked me to Sadie Hawkins. I was really excited and we go and, um, through, through, through the totality of the night, I can sense that she's kind of distant, you know, and, and she's just kind of distant and then about an hour or so in, I realized she was really distant in as much as she wasn't there anymore. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking around and I'm like, you know, hey, elephant in the room, but where's my date? And everybody's where's like, oh, elephant? yeah, right. Everybody's like, I have no idea. So come to find out she had been dating like this 22 year old guy from like wow. the next town over. And he and I'm sure I'm exaggerating the age, but it, but it, I. I think he was out of high school or something. And so he might have been forty. Not he legal. Might as well have been not 40. legal one way or the other. Right. So he he comes to pick her up and they leave. And I went through all the stages of grief in like thirty minutes because you know you're a teenager. So uh, I think I probably went in the bathroom and like punched the wall. But then I realized I could use it for sympathy and like have a whole bunch of other girls kind of like you know leaning their head on my shoulder and telling me it's going to be okay. And and I kind of enjoyed that so um i learned a lot that night that the the world was a cold dark place that evening but um but you know we we figured it that's out a good so that's one. that's a good one yeah too. i love that well and, it, and, it, and it's fun and it's so john hughesy right like all these stories they sound so john hughes because nobody really has they don't have these experiences anymore you know? and they're just so like in the grand scheme of things they're they're not even as significant as a drop of water oh my you know gosh I mean? yes <laughs> they're so meaningless you know if somebody if somebody in that moment could have told me like literally in four and a half years you're gonna meet this tremendous woman who you're gonna eventually marry and spend 27 years of marriage with i would have been like oh 
cool, no big deal, we're good. Yeah, why am know? I sweating this right now? Right? Why am I sweating why, this right now? Why am I now, sweating right? anything right now? Because well, you're, yeah, right. you're 16 yeah, like, and you sweat everything. That's you cool. sweat it's, everything, yeah. Like, everything is massive when it's like t- to the scale of a 14 or 16 year old life. You know, you, you yeah. only have, you have like a minuscule experience, minuscule wisdom. So everything yeah. feels enormous. You live a little longer and all that stuff just sort of shrinks to size. And yeah. you're like, Oh yeah, not, not a huge deal that when I was a senior in high school, the girl I liked started dating my best friend, even though I thought I should kill him. Yeah. In reality, oh, yeah. you're like, well, I never asked her out. So cool. She had every right to do that. Not a big deal at all. Also, right. uh, they're both happily married to other people now. So and, and so am I. So everything's fine. So, it, well, yeah. It, and in high school, you have this inflated sense of like, people are always looking at me. When in yes. reality, no one's looking at you. Because no they're cares. looking at themselves. Ah, yes. Cares. No I have that conversation cares. with my kids all the time. You know, if they're right. feeling insecure, I'm like, how much do you pay attention to other people? They're like, not at all. I'm like, exactly. That's how much everybody pays attention yep. to you. Not yeah. at all. Nobody cares. Great yeah. lesson to learn. Like, really you're good. It. You are yeah. good. Don't sweat it. Yeah. But they can't. It doesn't matter to tell them right. that because it's it's something that's intrinsic. So they, they can't just say, oh, well, thanks for telling me that, Dad. I feel better now. It yeah. Exist, you know? Yeah. No, that's good. Um. The other one is real sort of it wouldn't be a John Hughes movie. It'd be in like, I don't know, all the right moves with Tom Cruise or like the outsiders, something kind of grittier. So this was this was junior year and I had matriculated up to the varsity and I was about to make my first start. And every high school has the guy who has like so much chest hair and so much beard that he looks like he's 35. I was not that guy. Right. Um, but, but that guy was super cool and he was a senior, his name was Kevin and, um, Kevin like picked the music. (laughs) Yeah. His name, of course it was right. Drove a Camaro, uh, always picked the music in the locker room. If you were like the alpha, you got to, you got to pick the locker room music. So, um, I remember like before that first start thinking I have to impress Kevin, you know, I have to play well. And we were like outside linebackers together like on the opposite side of the formation so he played one side and i played the other and um you know i'm, I'm like dry heaving in the locker room before the game super nervous but um it, it you know we go out we play the first half and at the end of the first half i get into this fight with this other kid and he broke my nose so he like grabbed my face mask and like jammed his fist up underneath it and like broke oh, my nose and yeah, I know, I know. It's crazy. It's very the outsiders. So then, you know, we go into the locker room and I'm sitting on the concrete, like in the shower as this trainer is like shoving cotton up my nose. And like, I catch, I catch Kevin's eye and he like nods at me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in. Oh, like, you I'm got made- the warm tinglies from that. Yeah. It was so exciting. Yeah, dude. I, I'm like, I'm a made man. Like, I don't care what <laughs> what what else happens. Like, the rest of this season, I'm good now. So, oh, Kev, um, man. Kev gave dude, you your Kev, props, man. Dude, Kev was such a stud. And, like, no matter what I ever accomplish in my life, I will never be as much of a stud as, like, he was as a, as a senior. You know what I mean? You just, like... Look if, at some of those. If it makes paradigms. you feel any better, he will never be as much of a stud as he was as a senior either. So you no, know, I know, and you I, may I, have surpassed Kevin at this point, dude. Sometimes I think about that, you know, and I, I think about, and not in like, not in judgmental, like, oh, this person peaked in high school or whatever, but like, um, I don't know. I, I wonder, yeah, just like what what life looks like for some of those some of those guys. But 
I learned so much about leadership. And I mean, leadership has become like a trope in real life, but like also a trope on the show and just kind of a punching bag. But like, I learned to lead from some of those guys who like, when you're a derpy freshman, like they graft you in, you know, and they just decide I'm going to take care of you. And that's like real leadership, you know? Um, so some of those lessons are, are good, even though the context was, was pretty broken. Um, boys, 54 minutes of radio. This was a banger. Um, absolute banger shout out to whoever suggested this on the internet that we do this. I think we're going to probably do something similar with college memories at the live show. Uh, this was a really fun one, boys. We've done what we always do on this program. And until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.